When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Bunch of places to go. Uh, a really nice win for the Rangers last night over the Red Wings, 5-3. to three. Although you got a bit of a scare in the third, this game was over. It's 5 nothing. It was men against boys for the first 40 minutes of this game. As a matter of fact... Uh, I got to see Steve Eiserman I mean, pacing around the uh, the bridge last night. He just looked like visibly disappointed in his team. They were off to a great start, second place. Was it seven four and one to start the season or whatever? And it looks like they're kind of moving in the right direction. And then they just getting just completely outplayed. And it wasn't even Huso's fault. The Rangers scoring on the power play. They're scoring even strength. I mean. <clears throat> They didn't even look like they missed Fox or Heedle and Will Cooley scoring goals. Panarin now point in 12 consecutive games to start the season, which is second all-time. Trivia question, who holds the record for the most points to start a season in Rangers history? My dad's Rod favorite Gil- player. Yeah, Rod Gilbert, 14 in a row to start the 72-73 season. So he's close to being able to do that with a goal and an assist. Gustafson, two assists. Just a great game. Now, the third period starts, and now the only thing in question, at least to me, was will Jonathan Quick be able to get a second shutout? And the Rangers kill a 52-second five-on-three, kill the ensuing five-on-four, a couple of nice opportunities that Quick's able to make the save, and you're like, all right, they dodged the bullet here. There's 14 minutes left, less than 14 minutes to play. Game is over. Like two minutes after going back to five-on-five, uh, Rasmussen scores. And then 19 seconds later... Detroit scores again, and then Cop scores a few minutes later, and all of a sudden it's 5-3, and you're like, well, what's going on here? And there's like almost seven minutes left in the game, and you're thinking, oh my God, what kind of collapse is this going to be? See, I kind of looked at it more of the Red Wings, give them credit, uh, not giving up and, and finding a groove that they just didn't have in the first 40 minutes, and the Rangers had to hold on. They pulled the goaltender with three minutes to go, got a couple of great opportunities, very close to making it 5-4. But the Rangers hold on a win. This terrific start continues for them. Now unbeaten in regulation in the last eight. Uh, 7-0-1 in that span. And they get a couple of games at home now. They get the Minnesota Wild. They'll be able to avenge the loss on Saturday uh, in the shootout to them. And then you've got Columbus coming in and trying to avenge a loss to Columbus earlier in the year. So, And then, for whatever reason, somebody needs to explain this to me. Where we're in, we're early in the season, right? So the Rangers have played twelve games. So after they play on Sunday, there'll be fourteen games into an eighty-two game schedule, and they don't play again until the following Saturday. You get six days off out of nowhere, and I'm sure everybody's happy about that. I mean, certainly, that's games that aren't played for for Fox and Heedle to be able to come back and all that. But still, at the same time, it's like, geez, you'd rather get those six days off uh, after you accumulated a little bit more games under your belt. But you know, whatever could help the Igor Shesterkin situation, which he's still out with soreness, so he didn't play. I don't know what his status is going to be for Wednesday. I'd have no problem putting Quick out there again. And then you don't play until Sunday. So I don't know if Louis Domingue's going to get a look or whether Igor Shesterkin's going to be able to come back and play. But 
Um, and, and contrary to popular belief, Igor did make the trip to Minnesota, so uh, it's not like he is definitely out, but it was kind of eyebrow-raising. He couldn't even back up last night, so let's just keep an eye on, on Shesterkin and what's going on there. Uh, they haven't given it a lower or upper, just soreness, but it does feel like it's a lower body injury sustained in the Carolina game last Thursday, so let's keep an eye on that. Uh, the, the, the great player in this league that I don't think gets enough love uh, and maybe just because he plays for Carolina and everybody talks about Sebastian Ajo. Uh, but Martin uh, Natchez is just a terrific, terrific player. And he gets the game-winning goal against the Sabres. You know, Buffalo is still trying to learn how to win. And that was a nice game for them last night. Darlene scores to tie that game up at two. They eventually lose the game in overtime. Uh, they just aren't finding that way to win, but they're hanging in games. But that was a good win uh, for Carolina after you know a little bit of a struggle here to start the season. Lightning hold on for a 5-3 win over the Canadiens. Uh, Kucherov's now got 10 goals. Nick Paul's got six. So Lightning continue to survive without Vasilevsky. A lot of concerns around the Islanders right now, just overall, like where where they kind of stand in the grand scheme of things. They're five three and three, so really no reason to panic over eleven. But you still look at it the, 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 cosmetically. You've got thirteen points, and you're you're right there. You're only six points back of the Rangers with a game in hand. So no reason to really panic. But you take a, take a look at those you know shootout and overtime losses. You've still lost more games than you've won. Uh, and the third period continues to be disconcerting for this Islander team, where this was a this was a competitive game. Islanders, you know, jumped out to a, uh, uh, they come back, they take a two one lead after Minnesota scores with Maroon. They get Dobson, Wallstrom makes it two to one. Letary scored, and I, I don't know if we can find the sound. I know it's like last second; it kind of just popped into my head, but. Um, Nanny's his grandfather in Minnesota, and I guess he was doing color last night, so he got to uh, he got to be a part of Letary's first goal as a Minnesota Wild. Um, and then Minnesota takes the three two lead uh, in the third period, and eventually win the game on the Erickson Eck goal four two. And it's just a bad third period for the Islanders again. Now they've been terrific through the first forty minutes, but they're minus eight goal differential now in the third, and that's got some Islander fans panic just a little bit uh jets off to a nice start as well i i didn't know how to feel about this jets team going into the season you know they barely made the playoffs last year early exit and and i just like the way they're playing right now they're in third place six four and two again nothing to write home about but only two points back at colorado uh and so they're so considering you know, all the talk has been about they're not drawing any fans and all the players they lost but shifley scores last night hullabuck's been pretty good they beat the blues uh, five to two, uh, Coyotes in a shootout over the Kraken four three. So, Kraken continue to struggle coming out of the gate here. They wanted to be able to feed off of that great run last year, making it to the second round of the playoffs, making it to the playoffs first year, a second year in existence. But four six and three, just just not 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 getting it done at all. How about the Flames? It, it the it, everything was piling on them. They were three seven and one going into the game. They were down two nothing. 2 nothing to the Predators, uh, and it just looked like it was just going to be another one of those games, another loss at home, probably going to get shut out. And then uh, Dubé scores late in the second period, and then they have the big third. Hannafin, Coleman, Kadri to put it away, and they win the game 4-2 to two with four unanswered goals. We'll see if that wakes up 
this Flames team. I, I don't know what's going on in Edmonton. It just keeps getting worse and worse. But maybe Calgary's going to be able to find their sea legs here. It's a good win for the Penguins last night. The Ducks have been hot. Ducks coming off a victory in Vegas, coming back with four, or, or beating Vegas Sunday, giving uh, the Golden Knights their first loss in regulation all year with four unanswered goals in the third. Penguins come in. And they get to, they get the shutout. Crosby gets his sixth goal of the season. So that's a good win for Pittsburgh. Got a ton of shots on goal in that one. So they're trying to climb back to 500, but that's a good win for them. Wild game, second game of the doubleheader for TNT. Avalanche get back on the horse after getting destroyed by Vegas over the weekend. Beat the Devils 6-3. This was a 3-3 game. It was a good back-and-forth game. DeFoley picked up his eighth. Rantanen scored. Um, Myers got his third to tie the game up. Miles Wood getting his revenge against his old team. Uh, he had a big hit on Siegenthaler in the game. He scores the go-ahead goal to make it 3-2 shorthanded, and that came midway through the third period. But Hamilton comes right back on a power play goal late in the second to tie it at three. But whether it's the at the tail end of a long trip, remember the Devils had you know started in Minnesota with a win, lost in St. Louis, then they lost Hughes in that game with the shoulder injury, and he's now still week to week. He sheer might be suffering a concussion. He hasn't played either, so the double was in shorthand. Lose to St. Louis, come back, beat Chicago, so maybe feeling a little tired at the end of the trip, and you know Chicago to Colorado, and Colorado was just a better team in the third period. Ranton and picked up his second. McKinnon uh, picked up a goal. He now has five, so Ranton has got eight. So the usual suspects there uh, a nice win the goaltending is always going to be in question with the devils and i was listening to the nhl network on sirius xm matt lachlan their radio guy was on and they were asked about the goaltending and he was he was very honest about that it's 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 an open discussion and, you know you got schmid you got vanacek uh, neither are that bad i don't think either are that good and you look at the Devils in totality and you say, this can be a cup contender, but is their goaltending good? Now, we've talked about it before. Darcy Kemper has won a cup. Aiden Hill won a cup last year in Vegas. So you don't need a Hall of Famer, but you do need your goaltender to play great. And it did seem to me, at least he felt like it's still open, that if nobody really emerges here, Will they be looking for a goaltender at the deadline? Easier said than done. Who's going to be out of it? Who's going to have a really good goaltender that's out of it? Um, how much money will that cost? How many prospects will that cost? There's so many discussions, but you don't want to just say, oh, we'll just we'll figure it out. We're a young team. You get old quick, okay? And, and you want to be able to strike while the iron's hot. So it's something to keep an eye on there as the Devils give up the three goals in the third period and end up losing that game by the final tally of 6-3. to three. And uh, Vanacek gets tagged with the loss there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
how about those San Jose Sharks finally on the board? They get their first win, knocking off the Philadelphia Flyers by the final score of 2-1. to one. They had a 2 nothing lead late in the second period. And then you start to go, oh boy, Fabry scores late in the uh, late in the second period. And you're like, ah, are they, they going to be able to hold on? Well, they held on. Good job out of them as they get the uh, the, the victory. They um, got uh, the goaltending that they haven't been able to get all year long. Great job uh, getting it done with all the, the saves that were made by Blackwood. Made 38 saves in the game. And after giving up 20 goals in two games, never happened in the history of the NHL. Two games they played uh, against Pittsburgh and uh, against Colorado, I think it was. It was 10 Ten two and ten one, and give up twenty to three in two games. And we were talking about with EJ back on Monday. They Philadelphia kind of felt like might have been their best chance to break this up. And they take a look at their schedule. How long was this going to go? Well, good on David Quinn. Good on the San Jose Sharks. It's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. But still, they didn't want to sit there and break any records. And they were starting to get into that conversation. But a good job out of. Uh, out of Blackwood, San Jose Sharks finally on the board. Tough loss for the Flyers, and the Blooms kind of off the rose there. I'm not going to flip out about it just because of the fact I don't think a lot was expected from Philadelphia, but they did all get off to a great start. But it's been a bit of a struggle now. Now 5-7-1, and one, and they're starting to dip uh, a little lower and lower in the standings here. So I think Philadelphia is going to have the year we thought. A little bit of a spark in October, not so much here in November, but that's a tough loss for anybody to have to sustain uh, last night. All right, I told you we we're going to be very interactive here on um, Game Misconduct, so let's dive right into Twitter and see what everybody has to say as we go into action here on Wednesday. And Mark starts us off. He says, um, your attendance discussion last week, do you think the NHL would ever consider scheduling day games during weekdays like Major League Baseball. I think it could be a good way for kids, perhaps with school field trips, get exposure to live hockey at a young age and spark more of a base. Here's the problem with the analogy you brought up with baseball. Baseball has those camps and trips like during the summer where there's no school. Now, if you want to tell me that you can kind of strategically, you know, maybe during the Christmas holiday when you know kids are off um, during I'm trying to think like a spring break period in March that maybe you can squeeze in some day games. I know the NHL likes to have day games during holidays uh, during the course of the year. I know during the Martin Luther King Day, Veterans Day, certain holidays that you have during the course of the of the season uh, of playing and taking advantage of that. I just don't know whether there's any kind of an appetite to do it um in the winter plus you know it's one thing when the summer when baseball does it but the other factor is we could say well you know you get the you get a couple of weeks off during christmas that's kind of where a lot of people travel with family and don't really have time to just say let's go to a game that's why the nhl even during football which you would think would be a disaster but it really hasn't attendance wise going up against football on sunday afternoon of playing as many afternoon games you can on saturdays and sundays when you know kids aren't going to school but no it was fun during the the bubble during covid where just out of nowhere there'd be a day game right anthony would be doing the k show and there'd be a game on right in the middle of the of the uh of the show and we'd be like oh this is this is cool to watch some hockey but they didn't have to worry about attendance then. They weren't letting any fans in the building. Oh, yeah. And that made it easier for them to kind of just conveniently start whenever they felt it was good for the players and for travel and all that. But um, 
I, I'd like to see it just selfishly to be able to watch a game during the day, but I don't, just don't think it would be that well attended. Uh, Doug Goodwin says, how long until Lou is out? And we talk about Lou Lamorello, general manager of the Islanders. Well, I don't think he's got you know the Brian Cashman job for life, like what's happening with the Yankees. But Lou doesn't usually get fired. And, 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 and think, things have been – I know last year was disappointing getting bounced in the first round, not making the playoffs the year before. But we're not that far removed from this team winning a couple of rounds back-to-back years. And that one year, you know, they, they when they lost to Tampa, they would have beaten Montreal in the final, and they would have won a cup. And it wasn't that long ago. Now, you say you know, they don't make any splashes. Well, they did make the Horvat deal, uh, and – they're 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 keeping their head above water. They're playing poorly in the third period, but they got a world class goaltender. They're always find themselves involved. There's obviously a lot of constrictions to you know what they can and can't do with the salary cap and all that. But I don't think Lou's close to getting fired. Do I think that you know Lou is doing a terrific job? My, that's up for debate because we are you know as I just said, it, was, it felt like it was just a couple of years ago which it was that they went to the third round back-to-back years, but no playoff win since then, just one playoff year in which they barely made the playoffs as a wild card team. Could be a very interesting season, but I, I just think that the relationship that Ledecky has with Lou, Lou's reputation, that he will be there until he decides he doesn't want to be there anymore. Daniel says, Don, how come Joe Micheletti is never hired by national broadcasts? He's always well-prepared, knows something about every team, and is an excellent listen. Thoughts? Yes, I'm a Ranger fan, but looking at this objectively. Joe is salt of the earth, and he has done some national games. NBC hired him uh, to do a few games on television a few years ago. He did Westwood for a while, right? He does a lot of, you're right, he does a lot of national radio. I know he has done the Stanley Cup final for uh, uh, international, not not recently, but in in recent years he has done that. He has he has worked for Westwood One. He's worked for Compass Media. He's done a lot of national stuff. But I I do know Joe is also somebody that want you know precious time that he has. I'll give you just quick. We were in Minnesota. Uh, uh, last Saturday, and of course, he's got a lot of family there. He's from Minnesota. I don't know if uh, you realize, I forget exactly the, sit, the, the city that he was born in. He was born five and a half hours north of Minneapolis, and he grew up four hours north of Minneapolis. So, so Canada. He's, pra- he's practically Canadian. And, you know, obviously, his daughter is married to Mike Madano, and Mike Madano is, is in Minnesota and spends a lot of time. And I got to meet Mike or see Mike. I've met him a few times. I got to see him at the game in Minnesota. He's got nine-year-old twins. I've got going on six-year-old twins who so we were just talking about stuff. And um, Joe really appreciates the time he gets to spend with his family. He's got family in Arizona. So I don't know if he's really got the appetite that when the season is over, if the Rangers are eliminated, to extend the season. But he is terrific. He is good. And, and, and here's the biggest compliment you can pay him. And Anthony can speak to this better than I can. A couple of things that were working to his disadvantage when he took over as the analyst on the television side with uh, Sam Rosen on MSG Television. Two distinct disadvantages that he had going into that job. The biggest one was taken over for a legend in John Davidson that was completely beloved. J.D. was uh, an icon, not just as a player, but mostly as a broadcaster. And when the Rangers won in 94, all those games were on MSG, and he's a part of forever, and great guy, and the fans absolutely adored him. 
So after the 0506 season, JD goes to take over in St. Louis and Joe Micheletti takes over. So he's taking over for a legend. That was number one. Number two, didn't play for the Rangers. So I'm sure. Oh, and I'll and and the third Anthony I'll bring up. What was his gig before he went to the Rangers? The Islanders. And so there were a lot of Ranger fans who were like, "Do we want this guy? He's replacing JD. He just worked for the Islanders. He never played for the Rangers." And then it took like maybe six games for Ranger fans to hear how educated he was, how entertaining he was, the chemistry that he had with Sam and. Uh, was, is he as beloved as J.D.? I don't think anybody could be. But at this state, I'm really glad that Daniel sent that tweet because Joe uh, Micheletti is just salt of the earth. He is a terrific, terrific guy. And it's a pleasure to travel with him and have dinner with him and just learn and absorb hockey as much as possible. And he was able to introduce me to to Mike and, and get to know Mike. And and, he, and here's, here's a quick story, Anthony. Just indulge me. It's my podcast. But I've got a problem with Marco. Because he's just, my, my son, he hates to lose. He's got like a fighting spirit, but he really is a big baby when he loses. And he throws his tantrums, and, and it, it, it's, it's a bit of a problem. So I asked, I asked Mike about it when I was in Minnesota, because he's, he's got a son who's nine, as I said, and he plays hockey. He said it was the same thing when he was younger. And just stick with it. He'll outgrow it, and, you'll, and he'll be better for it because he's got that fighting spirit that you need if he's ever going to become an athlete. So I'm like, cool. So last night, out of nowhere, second period, minding my own business, who sits down next to me? Adam Graves, who also could not be a nicer human being. And I've gotten to know Adam. So I I asked Adam, who's got a son, Logan, who listens to the K Show, by the way, Anthony, and is a big fan. Awesome. And I so I asked him, and he's like, Don, this is good because you can't teach the fighting spirit in somebody. If they don't have it, you can't teach it. But when when they have it and they have it too much, it's way easier to dial it down. So he goes, you're in a really good place. And all I kept thinking about, and I'm telling the story not because of uh, like name dropping, but like how cool will it be if Marco ends up being a sick hockey fan like us? Or even plays. But even if he doesn't play, if he just becomes a huge hockey fan and loves the sport and understands the history the way we do, how cool will it be that I'll be able to tell him that I got parenting advice from Mike Madonna and Adam Graves? <laughs> That's, it'll either be like, who are they? And, he, and, and as he goes back to playing his uh, computer and, and soccer. But if he ends up being a sick hockey fan, Anthony, I mean, that gonna, that's going to be awesome. Because those are two great players. And, and also, while I'm sitting next to Adam Graves, during the intermission, uh, dur- excuse me, during the second period, during the break, they were asking a trivia question that Adam Graves was the answer to. It's like, how often are you sitting next to somebody and on the Jumbotron, there is a trivia question and the answer is sitting to your left? One day your children will realize how cool this is. <laughs> and i like, you know what? I complain about my job. We complain about this. We complain about that. And at the end of the day, everybody loves to go home and, and, and enjoy time with their family and not and relax and not be working. But it, it's it's not, it's nights like that. It's weekends like in Minnesota. I'm like, I, I it's really a crime that I get paid for this.
Brian says, hey, Don, just wondering when Donnie Pucks became Donnie Hoops. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I'm doing the uh, the Nick game tonight. I like Donnie As, Buckets better. Donnie Buckets. Yeah, the Donnie Buckets probably would, would fall in line there. Um, that uh, The great Wally Matthews was the one that nicknamed me uh, Donnie Pucks. I don't know if I'll get to the point where I'll be Donnie Hoops or Donnie Buckets, but I am calling the Knicks Spurs, Wemby uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that one. Let's see. Um, John says, after a month of hockey, who's a team you were wrong on comparing to and what you thought about them in the preseason? I guess, who did I get wrong? Well, again, it's very, very early, but teams that I were that I was high, I guess, you know, listen, I, I picked Carolina to win the Cup. Now, Carolina is 8-5, and five, so I, I didn't get that wrong, and it's still very, very early. Um, we were we were high, uh, probably Ottawa. EJ and I were pretty high on Ottawa, and there yeah. they sit at the bottom of the Eastern Conference at four and six, and, and you know the Pinto situation and uh, Dorian getting fired because of the bad trade. That's probably the team that I think we may have gotten wrong. I, I know they still have talent, Anthony, but that that this has been a difficult start to the season. They might not be able to get up from. Yeah, look, I liked Ottawa. Um, again, I, I think I mentioned it on one of the other earlier podcasts. Johnny Lazarus, who covers the Rangers for the Hockey News, said that he. I think he said they were either going to win the division or um, I wasn't that high on them. I, I thought they had a chance to make the playoffs, but yeah, this is a yeah. tough uh, this is a tough sell for them. And I guess everybody's been wrong on Edmonton, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I thought Edmonton was going to be terrific as well. And, 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 and they're st- Anthony, they're starting to dig themselves a hole. I'm not 100% sure they're going to be able to get out of. It's not good. You I see mean, uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid taking frustration penalties yeah, when Croft got kicked out of that last game because he was arguing. It's a mess And Croft could get fired, you say, well, wait a minute, Don. They, they were in the conference final a couple of years ago but still it is a dumpster fire there and there's a lot of expectations they're minus 18 goal differential just two wins uh and their two wins one of them came against nashville who eventually got their revenge beating them up on saturday and then the heritage classic against calgary and calgary has been a mess too now from a positive standpoint i i thought vancouver had a chance to make the playoffs i didn't think nine two and one to start the year and let's face it any other division they're in first place but they're stuck behind uh the vegas golden knights and um as far as a like pleasant surprise uh in the east i guess it's detroit although we kind of felt like detroit would be better um montreal's playing a little bit better than i thought that they would but still, five, five, and two isn't anything to write home about. But still, I maybe a little bit better. But that—that's probably the answer to the question there. Eli, what a great win by the Sharks last night with Blackwood stopping thirty-eight out of thirty-nine shots. Do you think this will give them the spark they need to challenge for the Pacific Division or even the West? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming now we got trolled on that tweet. Um, no, uh, they're not good, and uh, you know Couture being out doesn't help. I'm not in love with their goaltending. Now, it was a nice win for them, and I like David Quinn, but they are not challenging anybody anywhere anytime soon. Uh, David asks an interesting question. How much do we take Sidney Crosby for granted? It really depends on who you talk to, because there's a lot of people that think that we talk too much about Sidney Crosby, and it's too much about Sidney Crosby, but... EJ said something on Friday that had me thinking, Anthony, I don't know if it kind of sparked you at all, where EJ said that he believes that when it's all said and done, Sidney Crosby is a top five player of all time. And it's a stunning thing to hear because, you know, Gretzky, Howe, 
or Lemieux. I mean, there's a lot, but Sidney Crosby. It's not a. It's not awful. I I don't know if I hundred percent agree with it, but then again, I you could make a really sustainable argument. He's played. He started his career. Um, after the Doug, dead puck era when they got rid of the red line and all that. So the game opened up, but it was never opened up to the point that it was in the 80s when Gretzky and Lemieux were accumulating their points. He has been consistent. He's got six goals. I mean, the guy is clearly at the tail end of his career. Pittsburgh is not that great of a team, and he's got six goals. And this is a guy that's had concussion issues. He missed some time, but he's got multiple cups. He's won a gold medal, scored the goal, you know, the golden goal. Uh, you know, I can't – now, Mount Rushmore's four, not five. But if you were to put together a list, and he's still accumulating points, I mean, could you get mad at somebody, Anthony, that would have Sidney Crosby in the top five? Well, no, because if you're going to make the argument that he's one of the best Penguins of all time, if not the best Penguin of all time, Lemieux's probably considered in many's eyes as a top five player, then you'd probably just swap well, Crosby out for Lemieux. Well, well, think about it. Who who you can't argue is better? All right, certainly Gretzky, better. Um, Lemieux, better. Uh, or better. All right, so those are the three that I can say. I'm not. I'm not saying that Sidney Crosby is better than those three. So that would put Sidney at four. So who else you throwing in there? Gord, you know, now, now you got Gordy Howe. Is he better than Gordon? I can't say that. So that drops him to five. But is there anybody else that you say, no, 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 no. no you cannot say Crosby's better than him. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I think I everybody mean, else is an argument, which is why yeah, it's yeah, an right. interesting that, conversation. That, that's the point. So I think your top four is set in whatever order you want, although I can't imagine anybody. I know Don Cherry would put Bobby Orr there, but it's going to be Gretzky, maybe Orr, Lemieux, How, however you want to mess, you know, mess with the other three. And then you get to five. Who? Ovechkin? Well, Ovechkin is a great scorer, but I, you can't say he's the winner that Sidney Crosby is. He doesn't make players around him better the way Sidney Crosby does. Is he as clutch as Sidney? I mean, it's different positions. You know, it's, it's tough for a winger to make players around him better than, than a center. So it's probably a little bit of an unfair comparison, but I'm not putting Ovechkin above Crosby. You're not going to put... Uh, you know, Esposito, um, uh, Maurice Richard, if you want to go back that far, and Guy Lafleur, uh, I, it's it's not outrageous. So to answer David's question, do we take him for granted? I mean, I don't think overall we do, but I do think on occasion, like right now, it's all about Hughes and McKinnon and Kucherov and Matthews, and we throw all these other names out because they're young and they're dynamic, but at the end of the day, for his age, and of course McDavid, for his age, I mean, he's, he's still keeping himself... Uh, very, very relevant. It is um, pretty incredible. So I, I thought that was a very interesting question out of David, and I'm glad uh, we were able to get it in. This was fun. Nice interaction. Thank you, Anthony Pusick, for contributing. Uh, games tonight in the National Hockey League on a Wednesday. It's always fairly limited. Uh, we've got the Senators at the Maple Leafs. The uh, Capitals play host to the Panthers. That's a 7.30 start, and at 10 is a good one if you stay up late. And a guy like Anthony Pusick, who does not sleep, the Kings at the Golden Knights. Golden Knights having to try to bounce back after their first regulation loss. And the Kings, 7-2-2. Two two. Kopitar is having a really nice season for them after really having almost a you know comeback season last year for the Kings. So 
Um, TNT with their doubleheader, 7.30, Panthers, Capitals, followed by the Kings and the Golden Knights. They did a good job with the um, with the doubleheader last night, too. So TNT giving hockey uh, some love. So um, Friday, we'll have our top five. We'll take more of your tweets at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Thanks for contributing. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.